2: Greetings and salutations, my five metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How are you doing? I am Chuck.
0: I am Godless.
2: And this is your weekly examination of all things metal. This week on the podcast, we've got none other than Dan Briggs. Uh, He is the bass player for, what, three different bands now? Uh, Orbs, Tree Escapes, and Between the Bear and Me. So we're going to be talking to him in our... A feature interview as well as hearing a brand new song from Tree Escapes on this episode. That'll be pretty badass, man. I love so. the
0: way you pronounce your uh in trio.
2: Trio? Trio. Tree Escapes? Tree Escapes. It, is it, everybody thinks I was sounding say, saying something else, like yes. Tree of Escapes.
0: Y- yeah, or Tree Escapes. Oh, Tree Escapes? Yeah, okay. like people stuck in trees trio and then they get scapes. out of them. I need to yeah. say
2: trio escapes. scapes No, is I, what I, I like Tree Escapes. Tree Escapes? Yeah. It's just Tree Escapes, man. It's what I do is how I pronounce it, man. And between the bird and me. Between the bird and me. Uh, This edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast brought to you in partnership with Converse, whose new Black Sabbath sneakers are available now. Visit converse.com slash Black Sabbath for uh, more information. Thank you very much. Uh, Let's see. You can uh, follow us or subscribe to us on iTunes. uh, So find us on iTunes. You can subscribe to us. Just search Metal Sucks Podcast, and it'll come right to your device every week on Monday morning. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter. I am at Bearded Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks. And we love to tweet. Oh boy, do we love to tweet tweeting. It's so much fun. Actually, I'm, I'm getting better at it, dude. I'm yeah. finally starting to get a little bit better at tweeting. That's awesome. And I've been trying to make sure that we're starting to tweet a little bit more with all the other podcasts that are going on out, uh-huh. out there. Because for some reason, in the last year or so, there 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 were maybe four or five. Because you had the Metal Injection livecast, right? Like those guys do uh, do a great job, and they they aggregate a bunch of different podcasts, the MSR cast, and all that stuff on their page over at Metal Injection, which is pretty awesome. But um, all of a sudden, in the last year, there's been like tons of podcasts metal podcasts that have been popping up man yeah and i'm i'm kind of stoked about it because i'm you feel responsible no I don't feel responsible I feel like the family is growing though oh, okay. I, f- I feel like everybody's like been banging in a big pile and suddenly we're popping out kids all over the place
0: you know so yeah that may be so but we're not dating on you know match.com I think we're dating on ancestry.com it's something That's, like that it's a,
2: the primordial ooze <laughs> is spitting out new children and I love yeah, it yeah. Yeah,
0: those children are
2: oh, man, that one's not gonna work He's got special <laughs> he's got three arms yeah. he's a little wingling dragon yeah it's pretty cool but no there's some uh, the metal blade Podcast kicked kick back up again with uh, my buddy Vince, and then oh. of course the Roadrunner podcast is back up. I, my another friend of mine, Tim uh, Tim Binders, got the Century Media podcast kicked back oh. in again, dude. Yeah. I was like,
0: holy crap! Then, uh, I like the, the Decibel podcast that's, Decibel podcast yeah.
2: they, they, Even though some of those uh, That interview with Carcass That's man, so good That was good It's so it was good a, It was rough
0: Oh my god But that's what made it awesome But they rescued it I know That I know. was so no, great it was good man I don't know which dude In the room Was the one who Like there was so, At some point it turned it was And was he pulled pull it back together he, he Oh it was so brilliantly done
2: And the, and you gotta love that man But what uh, what I The way I look at it is Is that okay We are on for an hour Hour and 15 You know On average Every Monday we pop this podcast stuff. And I commute about an hour a day. So what am I going to do those other 4 days of the week? when i when right. i'm when i'm driving i pull another podcast to talk about stuff that i like so you know if uh, we and i've been tweeting and sharing and trying to you know the the metalheads podcast guys you know and all horns that stuff up. and horns up and I've been trying to share as much talking metal and yeah. uh eddie trunk's got a new podcast up too so now i feel
0: bad that we're like not going to mention somebody and
2: oh uh, no it, it always happens yeah yeah there's gonna be somebody that we forget <laughs> they'll be like hey man <laughs> and that's how the rivalries start yeah then then we and be like oh fuck
1: that See, i
2: wanted to start some rivalries no, I don't. but nobody would let See, me do it but i don't agree with that i think i think old school radio is what used to be about pissing people off uh-huh. and cutting people's tires and putting stickers on people's vans and uh-huh. stuff and i think the modern day we're, we're, it's such a shotgun with so many people that are doing this stuff it's so much cooler and more awesome to try to bring everybody together and make some cool stuff happen. So uh-huh. so yeah, I th- I think it's a bigger family sort of idea, man. Okay. We're all in it together, man. <laughs> we're all in this together, man. But in this episode we're going to talk about we talked about Dan Briggs, we're going to talk about oh Testament. Oh. <laughs> I saw some W2s online and that was not that was not fun. <laughs> Poor great Christian. But then as soon as I opened the door today uh to to start recording for us you said, we got to talk about baby metal.
0: Oh, yeah. Why do
2: we got to talk? About- what, what, what do you mean? What, what, what? All
0: right. This is it. This is it. This is. The, br- br- I don't know who is in charge of baby metal, but they are brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Now, now, so they did this festival in Nebworth, right? Yeah. And it, they're with like every other band on earth is every metal band. Is yeah. I saw all the pictures with uh, exactly. Carcass and uh, so with, Anthrax. And there's this thing in Dragon business. Force. There's this thing in business that they call launching above the line of credibility right which is that you what when you listen listen when you introduce your business to people when you're able to say and you know here are my business and i'm endorsed by so-and-so and we're our other oh, customers yeah, yeah. so-and-so okay, okay, and okay. and you're able to like oh coca-cola is already distributing our stuff it and lends blah, blah, credibility blah. to you exactly. just by association yeah and if you got a bunch of them you've got super credibility yeah. you're on the map before you've done anything and this is i mean every every like aspiring band needs to do this because that's why you hire a producer who's a name not because he's going to do a good job making your you're associated so good. with him exactly mm-hmm. and you know you when you go on tour you don't go on your own you figure out a way to be opening up for so-and-so because once again line of credibility so what baby metal doing Here are pictures with all these metal grates because now it works both ways. You pointed this out when we started talking about before the show. Because I see it a different
2: way. I'm actually looking at it from the other side. I think metal right now has got a fascination with youth. I think we're looking at it from uh, the outside and we want to suck... The life out of these young kids That are making metal Whether it's bands like Unlocking the Truth Who of course That news story just hit That they got signed to Sony Records That was brilliantly
0: Uh, Put together too Because the the headline Is very different from the story Oh the headline Has
2: absolutely nothing to do With what actually happened In in the story But But the headline Does everybody good Totally. Well, I mean, it does them a lot of good. I mean, or maybe. And maybe Sony. maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But but unlocking the truth, uh, there's that other band of 14-year-olds that got uh, 20,000 Facebook likes in a, in 24 hours or whatever because their dad was on some New York website, New York people website thing. you know. And then you get the baby metal, so you got Belladonna trying to suck more life out of them mm-hmm. so you can live another 50 years or whatever uh, in the pictures. So I think we have this fascination also with youth in metal right now and you see these young young like really young kids that are that are kind of coming in and i can't figure out whether or not we're just in a glut we're not getting any new blood in there that are doing any that's doing anything new or if we're just like really searching for the next thing like, trying to figure out what the next
0: thing is going to be, and we just can't figure it out yet. I think more than anything, it's sort of like just confirmation that Metal continues. You know what I mean? Everybody mm. wants to know that they're not living in a, a, a demographic bubble that is aging and will die. You know, Metal lives forever because there are these kids who are obviously way into it, too. You know? I guess. You see a bit of that because you look into your audience, and, you know, there's, there's a, a a seven-year-old in uh, you know checking out Slayer. But... You know, you got to see it when you see it. You got to see them performing. Bands, you got to yeah. see them
2: coming up and actually doing stuff. Exactly.
0: But I mean, I think a lot of us, a
2: lot of people, don't realize when they get into their twenties where where those bands are. There's still a lot of young bands out there. We just don't kind of associate it with it. This seems like an extreme case of it, where you've got all these bands that are teenagers, like literally teenagers and and under eighteen, like completely underage it happened with uh was it black tide or whoever where those kids were 16 17 or whatever Mm. uh, and they got signed i think it was black tide uh and yeah because i met their parents when they were at south by southwest or whatever because they were all 17 and couldn't get into any any of the bars and it's just like we it seems like we have this fascination with the really young kids that are making music and we want to I think it's I think it's because we want a vampire and we want to suck the life out of him.
0: <laughs> well Ooh. even even look at like somebody like um uh Nergal. I mean he was doing stuff when he was seventeen, eighteen. Uh, uh what was it Rivers of uh uh or uh, Nephilim, Fields of Nephilim was like well, when he was like seventeen, eighteen years old. So But what I'm talking about um, is on this level though. Right you, where the, the where, age of the kids is the marketing. Where
2: you see unlocking the truth who are thirteen and fourteen years old opening up for guns and roses. Yeah. Where you see baby metal who are twelve, thirteen, sixteen that are that are playing to arenas. You don't see that a whole lot. Yeah, especially in metal. It's just not something that you see very often. So i didn't eh.
0: well it's kind of weird i think the hope too for a lot of these guys who are you know bumping into baby metal at their shows they're thinking oh how awesome baby metal are gonna you know bring in all these kids i can have baby metal open up for my band and those kids might stick around and they're gonna check out my band too you know what i mean i think there's a certain amount of that because i mean you watch it every band on earth wants baby metal to open up for them and eventually, it'll probably flip flop if things go the way that they seem to be going for baby metal. Oh, do you see? oh man, that's that's really weird. Can, can you imagine <laughs> that? Kind of twisted, actually. I mean, I don't think like Slayer or somebody like that's going to go open up for baby metal, but I wouldn't be surprised if like a uh, oh man, this is like uh, people are going to freak out as soon as I say this word, but carcass opening up for baby metal i don't think is out of the question i'm falling on the sword for that one dude and no i can't
1: can you imagine <laughs> i know no
0: I know, no no i can't Please but it's me. possible anthrax <sighs> kind of on the edge i don't know i, I could see know, maybe man. doing a co-headlining thing this baby metal thing could blow up i mean it really could
2: could what do you mean i think it already has don't, but i
0: I, I think it's i think that that's already there it's it, it we're, we're right at the center of the you know it, this is initial You know the initial well, yeah.
2: It's going to be there. There's going to be a fine line between uh, you know, kitsch and longevity and musicianship. I mean, there's that. There we have yet to see how all that's going to play out. I mean, that's the one weird thing with any of these bands that are on the really young end of the spectrum. We just don't know where it's going to wind up for those kids. You know, have no idea how that longevity is going to last, where they're going to wind up, if their bass player is going to quit because he's not making enough money or what. You know, we, 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 don't, we don't know what's going to happen with
0: that. But <laughs> well, so, we don't know that with any band. No, no, I know that. I mean, because most of these bands, the people involved have got, you know, the the emotional development of an eight-year-old anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but
2: these are actual eight-year-olds. I know, but... I mean, that's the difference is that these are actual eight-year-olds that are making music, so it's going to be a little bit harder to they, they 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 can develop a backup plan a lot faster <laughs> right it's like well until you have hair on the field you know you know what I'm saying? i mean you get you don't know how this is gonna go yeah you have no idea or how when you're at least in your 20s you've got you've developed some sort of personality to the point where we know exactly who who you're gonna start to be but when you add in sort of fame and all that at 13 that can be it's like child stars you have no idea how that's gonna wind up it could be Lindsay lohan or you can yeah, go but, you can go anywhere but
0: dude as an audience member that is awesome anything is possible True. that's exciting i mean even when you look at the photos of like you know them with like gary holt right and it's like it, it, the baby metal you can you look inside those baby metal heads and you're like what are they thinking they're thinking how cool it's the guy from slayer and then you look inside the head of gary holt and gary holt's like thinking I wonder if they're going to do a tour again this fall because mortgage payment in December is going to be a little bit. Th- you know
2: what I mean? I'm looking inside the head of Gary Holt, going mm, young Japanese girls. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm looking at. Huh? <laughs> uh, I don't, they're way too young, though. Do they? yeah, I know. Uh, well, you know, but not it, c- for long. Not for long. <laughs> Almost, you know. Well, they'll change them out because you got to you got to keep them young. You know, that's the whole kitsch. You can't. Youth thing, is excitement. Always is. Always was. Always will. Do you
0: be. think it's going to be? Do you think when they
2: when all these when they grow up it's going to still be there
0: no no of course not but it's going to be a whole a great ride for what five years it's a roller coaster years, dude. Maybe. It's a roller coaster and you know it, you stand in line for for you know no, no, an hour I mean, and a half I, i'm not the ride that, yeah. lasts 90 seconds and you're thrilled that's no no what i'm not saying it's wrong on. i mean i'm just oh, saying no.
2: that do you think it's gonna last do you think there's like longevity in that no or no? no of course not yeah yeah that's gonna that's the only sucky thing but about i'm
0: getting it, in line i'm <laughs> getting in line
2: oh no i played i played them on my on my terrestrial yeah. show the other night i was like ha ah, because
0: they're fun it's, yeah. it's a lot of fun Ah, yeah, we'll we'll have to see how that turns out. And, you know, it'll be interesting, too, on a musical level, not just, like, marketing level, but on a musical level, what they're doing is mixing you know metal with a genre that nobody's really tried mixing it with before that that jap what do they call it jet pop uh, k-pop k-pop mm-hmm. um
2: so that's that's korean pop they're japanese pop. well you know no, what i'm saying
0: anyway they're mixing it with that
2: whatever it get is get your asians and country straight man come on well, i tried that's why you're, i said j-pop you're racist
0: i said j-pop, well, okay. you Maybe said j-pop but. but anyway so so that's kind of cool and so i can see how like other people would then go oh wow if you could do that then wonder if we could mix metal with this other thing and that'll work and that could be awesome whether know. it's 16 years old or you know 36 years and old, and then however. you have new metal Awesome. This is how new metal is born. Let's see if we can put rap in our metal. Oh, well, hey,
2: Hooray! man.
0: They, 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 they did that 20 years ago.
2: Speaking of weird fusion, how about we get into our interview with Dan Briggs? Ha! see, uh, tie things together there, man. Uh,
0: oh, yeah. See,
2: yeah, because Dan Briggs, is uh, he is in, what, three bands. He's in a band called Orbs, he's in a band called Tree Escapes, and he's in a band called Between the Bear to Me. And uh, he is a pretty badass bass player. And we got to sit down and talk with him uh, when he was doing double duty on tour here in Austin at the Mohawk. And uh, Dan Briggs is our guest on the Metal Sucks podcast.
1: I guess now you guys
0: all get your own little thing, right? So it's not like one van with one seat.
3: No, but except for with with trio we're in uh, we're in a little rental car. Uh-huh. So we're all, you know, on the longer drives. I've been riding with them this last week, so it's you know, thankfully we're all they're all Marin fans. We've been killing the podcast. <laughs> and, yeah,
2: there's but, only
0: about 500 of them to listen to too. So that's
2: true. You, yeah, you
3: get a little you get a little time to make up for. it. How yeah. do
0: you make up your mind which which vehicle you're going to ride in?
3: Uh well, pretty much all the drives so far, cause we started in Atlanta a few days ago. Um, all the drives are about seven, eight, nine hours. You know, so I would ride with them every day those days to like either drive overnight, split up the drives, or you know what, just whatever, just 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 being there. You know what I mean? And. But last night was a short drive from Houston to here, so I was like, "Guys, I'm finally getting some sleep." <laughs> you know, the double, <laughs> the double duty these nights has, has been pretty insane. Well, that's it's only
2: like four days in doing uh, doing it. You figure that after after a couple of weeks, you'd be like, "Which one smells better?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. though.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah. Three people in a car or nine people in you know a, a little bandwagon. bus situation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
0: After a while, it's, it'll get a little rough. But sure. I would imagine, like, they're like, the, the, the guys would be like, well, is it because we didn't, like, you know, play quite as tight last night? Yeah, Maybe. so I'm going to ride with them. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to look at you guys. Yeah, totally. No, supportive. it's
3: not that at all, you know. And, you know, thankfully, the guys in, in BT Bam are, you know, they're super supportive. And, you know, it was it was our manager's idea to have Trio on these days. And um, just because we have the tour starting with Mashuga in L.A., we weren't just going to drive three days out there, you know? So, um, it, uh, it worked out really well and it's a great opportunity for Trioscapes. So I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm up to it. Let's, let's go. I was like, but for you doing double duty. Man, yeah, it's I mean, 45 minutes and then 75. So it's, it's a little over two hours. Have yeah. you ever
2: done anything like that no. before? I mean, that's rough. we, we
3: did one two hour set and it was when we, um, we filmed our colors, DVD, we basically played the colors record which i think is 65 minutes then we came out and played about another hour of old material and that, but that was a one off show
0: <laughs> there's like everybody who's listening to the show while they're doing construction right now are just cursing you right? i
3: know i know i know <laughs> no it's it's honestly it's good I, I, I there was there was like a mental thing that i i wasn't quite prepared for the first night where you know the trioscape set was fine it went well and came on we started playing the Between the Bear and Me stuff, and it was just like I didn't have that hour to prepare for Between the Bear and Me. So it wasn't like I was playing things incorrectly. It was just kind of my head was like, oh, you know, I'm now I'm playing Between the Bear. Me. You know what I mean? It was just, I just wasn't quite there. I it's was, a different energy. Yeah. yeah. And I was I was still thinking about things from the Tree Escape set, you know. I was like, oh, my monitors were kind of weird. I couldn't, couldn't really hear, you know, saxophone tonight, and, you know, this and that. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, oh, but I'm doing this now. So. Yeah. But you get paid twice, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. It, it's 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 just a good opportunity for that, you know. We that that project Trioscapes, it's you know, I don't even like referring to it as a project. I, I put just as much into every musical outlet that I do. Otherwise, I mean, what's the point? Um, but the opportunities have been few and far with that band. I think booking agents maybe just don't Think it's a serious group or, or what or where it fits in? Hard Who knows? Understand. It's
2: hard to understand. I mean, it compared is compared to
3: it is. You know, we're not even really quite sure. And our, our new, newer material, we just wrote a new record, feels more like like fusion and less like a metal rock fusion hybrid. You know, and and uh, so that's probably going to make it even weirder and harder. <laughs> but when but there's a crowd, it's it's it goes over well. But
0: the jazz foot is further. In front then
3: that's true. It's true. But I I, I think that world would still kind of shun us, you know
0: Like they did Zorn
3: like they did Zorn. Yeah, but you know, but He's had a brilliant career, Mm -hmm. you know So
2: well half of the mark of that is to do something different Mm -hmm. You know, you really want to see something that you've never seen before. Yeah, but blue note
0: records hates things that are different
2: (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, I get that but but that goes with it's hard to find a label or even any industry that's going to go that's so different it needs to come this way
3: yeah it was it was interesting to see you know how Metal Blade kind of handled the record Um, it was their first album that was on the jazz charts and they were just tickled they thought that was just (laughs) hilarious and great and awesome you know Um, but it wasn't really pushed in that direction you know it wasn't like pushed as a jazz album it was kind of pushed by Metal Blade as, uh, you, know, you know, to a lot of the same places where they would push between the Buried Mirror, Cannibal Corpse, and some of the outlets got it some were like why is there so much saxophone i don't get it and it's like well there's only three of us so if there's not saxophone i can totally picture that like college yeah. radio
0: station they open up the envelope and they go i i, I think this was meant for you man yeah, just, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Like, oh, okay keep passing it down i don't know there's that's a saxophone you. on it
3: no, yeah I know, it. I know but you know i'm sure between the bear to me has made some people scratch their heads too so it's that's okay
2: True in the beginning, I would say I'd definitely say that was a. I'm thinking about the first time I heard Alaska, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh, yeah. And then, then it's like I start to sort of start to get it after a while. You think it's a matter of time before people just kind of latch on to what you're doing with Tree Escapes, or is it?
3: I'm not sure, and it might just it might just still be there. Might be a crowd out there that we haven't quite tapped yeah. into yet. Every so often, we have kind of like members from the 50 plus club out there who you know i mean that's that's why walter our sax player and i like why we got into like Mahavishnu and return to forever and um and those original fusion groups was because our dads were listening to it at that time and they still had the records when we were in college and um kind of broadening our our uh, our musical minds and so i think that crowd like to know that there's Something sort of kind of like that, you know, that's that's out there, you know, the people that have come out like are into it. But it's like, how do you reach those people? I have no idea. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and also with that world, it seems so like it's so like school based. It's university based. It's like, you know, 101, you get real book. 102, you oh, get yeah. real book, two. Yeah. And, you know, but it seems like over the last decade now they're teaching Zorn, you know, and it, well, that's kind of. He 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 made his own mark for so long and yeah. now they're accepting it yeah. and you know Would hope that that's busted on the board, you know down the wall so that eventually they're teaching B.T. Bam
3: Well, yeah, yeah that would be awesome. <laughs> I, I think I think both groups just kind of show that there's uh, Maybe that there, there's just more that you can do out there You know, I, I think that the saxophone is not a one-dimensional instrument, you know that metal compositions are not one-dimensional you know like I think both groups kind of show that there there there's a lot more you can do.
0: There's got to be like a uh, I don't know you know when BT BAM's getting started it's like you're you're forging something completely. It, that's a that's a field that nobody's tried to <laughs> grow anything in before. But when every time you do a project now you've got to step up. You've got something that sort of there's a there's a launching pad that's somewhat been built already. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, does that make you more comfortable in trying different stuff, or is it still the same, uh, you know, impetus, you know, uh, creatively?
3: Yeah, I th- I think we've always had that urge, and that's kind of, you know, like you said, like the material in Alaska kind of threw you for a loop. At that t- at that time, we thought we were, you know, mixing all these things that we loved really well, and then found out that we could do that even better on colors, and then even better, and then even better. And um, to now, it, it's it's not like you don't think of it as like we're taking this, you know, fast metal part and mixing it with like, you know, like a silly, like quirky Beetlejuice Danny Elfman type section and then mixed in with something that sounds like, you know, Rush or whatever. It's It's just like all of a sudden our arranging and composition skills have just become, oh, well, then we do this or then we do this variation, but we do it like. You know, it's just like a quirky boom chuck piano thing, you know, and the, the composition just kind of happened that way. I think we just we've just gotten we just kind of get better at arranging. And for me personally, writing like before I send something to Paul and the other guys in between the and me, I just I have a, an insanely big filter. You know, an idea starts, it grows. I sit on it while we're on tour. I come back to it. I'm like, that sucks. Or I go through it. I'm like, well, what if I do this? What if I do this? Or you just hear something differently. And I can say, talk about this now because right before this tour, I started sharing music and Paul sent some stuff. But the record's been out for almost two years. And so the stuff I'm sending, I've been kind of working on for two years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In between tours, little bits, very casually. Like you don't really start to like really go hard and stay up. You know, at all hours of the night until you're really in that process. Because there's, there, there's just no point. You know, it's good to take that time, casually write, and just grow, um, listen to a lot of different stuff. You know, I'm just, you know, Tommy and I were talking about it. We're just in a different place than we were two years ago when we wrote um, the future sequence. So the stuff that's coming out now like feels natural just like every other time we sit down and write but it's just different do you
2: have have you guys already been working on the new stuff i mean is it's, that, it's or basically it's like, like you're saying that not like not physically going in and until it's time to write right. a record
3: i basically we will probably in the fall start actually putting the pieces together and and uh really digging into each other's compositions that that are kind of started but right now it was really just like guys, I can't sit on this any longer. (laughs) Like, check it out. This is where I'm at, you know? You
2: gotta quit thinking about it for a while.
3: You really do, yeah, because some of the stuff... Some of the stuff, it was just like... And this was like this on the last... The Parallax 2 record where I had written a bunch of stuff and I would write to a certain point and be like, you know, I'm done. And then there was a couple instances where I wrote and I'm like, I I think that's... That might be a song. That might be a piece, you know? And that was like goodbye to everything, astral body, and uh, bloom, on the records. You know, and I sent it, and they were just like, yeah, that's that's it, that's that's a song, you know. And that that's very rarely happened in the group, you because know, the songs are generally longer. And these those three songs were kind of like bursts, you know. And goodbye to everything, astral body, was all written to kind of start this start the record. And I kind of, you know, Tommy would frown on it, but I originally viewed astral body as like um, an instrumental song. Where you had like the melodic beginning, this instrumental, and then come into it. and Thankfully, Tommy, you know, I, I'm just, I, do, I don't write with, with vocals in mind generally. I'm just, when I listen to music, I, I hear the music, I hear a melody, but I don't hear, you know, the words of this and that. But I love it, and, you know, thankfully, Tommy's so good at um, really adding another layer and taking the songs, you know, to a, another level. Give them new life, so he does a great job. Take it.
0: it personally, though. Not no, take it personally. No, when, I, well, <laughs> I think for him, just because,
3: yeah, he hears me say like, "Oh, yeah, I've got this this instrumental piece." I'm sure he's like, "Oh, yeah, great," you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but even like like when you when when like you say you come back and you're like, I can't do anything more with this, and you yep. hand it over, and then they tear it to pieces or they like, what well, we did with it chop oh. off stuff,
3: and and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa that was that one part.
3: Yeah. That happens sometimes. The last song we we worked on together on the the last record was Extremophile Elite, which is kind of right in the middle of the record and that was you know that song was really important because we had things that we wanted to tie in you know it, it's just the middle piece in the record like and for uh, an album that's um has so many themes interwoven throughout it there was some stuff from the EP we wanted to bring into that and do variations on and, but it was all based around the original keyboard lick that Tommy had written so we wanted to keep things in that sort of um, Arabic kind of me- you know Mediterranean feel and th- there we, we just we're trying to balance that with the things we wanted to do with all the riffs that were still left over and that's the thing that we're getting that we got a lot better at on this record was not being like oh well I've got this riff oh I've got this riff okay we could just find a way to put them together and being like well this is where the song's going or this is you know, such as Extremophile, Tommy had that keyboard line. It was like, Well this I like the feel, the tonality of the these notes, the scale that he's using, like it'd be cool to just have this song be this you know, have this kind of weird, you know, Indian kind of feel to it. And that that alone makes you start writing different kind of riffs that are all in that uh that kind of feel. But then that gives you that gives you an opportunity to be like, okay, well, we don't need this. We don't need this. We don't need this. We don't need this. And that song went through, like, a pretty heavy revision. Well, huge
0: congratulations to you, because that's the first time I've heard a metal musician describe a part of their song as Mediterranean. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> that was, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> well,
3: that was the thinking. You know, I, when, we were, when we were writing that album, um, I got to see a really great um, classical Indian performance, and it was, was violin, tabla and bamboo flute and it, it blew me away. I, I'd never seen that music performed live and it was at a really nice concert hall and there was so much energy between the three of them and you could tell there was so much improvising going on. And it it was the the, the energy was just unreal, you know, and, and I I I totally wanted to lock into that. And there were some lines at the end of Extremophile that I wrote to kind of, they have these really crazy um, uh, bends and slides and really wanted to try to make it sound like a sitar almost. And we did double it with like a little sitar guitar thing that our producer Jamie King has, which is, I'm pretty sure we're the only band he has that uses that. <laughs> but <laughs> that I imagine
0: you come way. to the, the, the rehearsal studio and the drummer turns to you and says, yeah, I'm kind of thinking in through the outdoor actually.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. But. Yeah, we make it work.
0: So
2: so many projects. I mean, do you basically just think in staffs and notes <laughs> at this point?
3: No, you know,
2: the, it's, it's, you've got you're so in depth with what three three
3: there, there there are there's there's a fourth that I've it's it's that one's halfway written. It's been going for the last couple years on my computer, but that's. Uh, that's that's another conversation <laughs> Probably <laughs> another another year or so We'll be there but that's I would say that's the kookiest thing That I've done And that's me writing all the music But it's based off of loosely based off of um, I guess I can sort of Talk about it. it's loosely based off of Old timey jazz Standards that's but they're, that's the first thing. they're really gonna be Very fucked up not in a metal sense But in sort of like a I don't know, just perverse, kooky, bonkers, off the wall, you know, sort of Zappa meets I don't know Devo sort of thing, but Orbs, Tree Escapes, Between the mirror and I mean, yeah. they're all three
2: just completely different, but has share kind of a through point too.
3: Yeah, but I mean, is that well? Th- I think the common theme schizophrenia is there. I like, think the uh, common theme for me when people try to gouge me for my influences is. Th- uh, oh, it just yeah, Don't it, it just comes it, no. we're not going to do that no, no 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 but but it just it, <laughs> the common theme i feel like is i'm i'm just in my soul is embedded just the ethos of progressive rock you know that's that's everything to me and so that comes out in a different form in between the bear to me then orbs then uh trioscapes but it they all have that sort of element you know and that's I don't know. I I couldn't shake that if I tried. I don't think yeah. it's 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 just part of my DNA.
0: We interviewed uh, Paul Masvidal cool. uh, a few months ago, and and uh, uh, yeah, he was talking about how he was like just reading an interview with you guys like at random, and you mentioned cynic, and it was like one of like uh, several things that had happened that week that made him go. Oh, I guess we got to get back together. So thank you for that.
3: <laughs> yeah, man. We tried. We did a tour in... February with like Deaf Heaven and Intronaut, and we were trying to get Cynic on that tour and um, I think Paul thought they were going to be active at that time and I'm not sure that they were I don't yeah I, I, I wish I wish they were more active. I mean we we got to take them out on tour in 2010 with Devin Townsend and that was Probably still one of the best tours we've ever done. I mean wow. that was one of those ones where you're just watching these bands and You're like, how are we playing? next you know what i mean like what's going on
0: i imagine like you probably had like at least a dozen guitarists every night quit playing guitar after that you know
3: (laughs) it was yeah it was one of those tours man it it really was it was like devin's first tour being sober um cynic had still only done a couple tours on traced in air and it was our first headliner on the great misdirect so there there was just a lot of factors that went into it and it was it was awesome it was a really good tour
2: so uh your influences
3: (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) um
2: well, so have you have you always been a musician? I mean, is it did yeah, start ma- when you were young? When did you start playing?
3: Uh, my mom was a music teacher, and my dad was uh, yes. kind of like a. So is my wife. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, my mom, she's just retiring this year, um, but she she actually started me on saxophone when I was about nine. I played that for two years, but it's it's I would that's no part of me i i think i just wanted to play it because bill clinton did and i thought that was cool <laughs> he looked so badass i I went to the clinton library the other day and it was it was so fun seeing all the saxophones but i, I she was a guitarist as well uh like classical guitarist and she started me when i was about 10 or 11 um just you know blue scale and normal chords and stuff and then i was having her figure out like oasis there was a, an oasis solo in the song supersonic she figured out that was my first lead i learned and then nirvana songs i think penny royalty was one of the first songs i learned and then i was i was in my first band when i was in sixth grade um just cover cover bands for a couple years and i was in a hardcore band in eighth grade that was like my first band writing originals sort of and i started playing bass when i was in sixth grade and like concert band and jazz band at school. It was really weird. I was reading like tuba parts and trombone parts um, in the concert band and then actual bass parts and jazz band. And then when I was in ninth grade, um, I started playing the upright bass in orchestra. And uh, I studied that in college for a year and a half before I left to join Between the Barry and Me. But so many bands, so many different styles during that time. But when I was in high school, I did start to get. I was still writing on guitar, but I was m- getting more serious about bass. And so I still write. I, th- I think I think people don't quite understand this that that I write like between the bare Me music on guitar. And they say you you're your bass parts. I'm like no no no. I write the, the guitar. I write the guitar parts on guitar. You know when it, when when I say you know I wrote this song. It's not that I wrote a a song based around the bass lines, and then, you know, Trioscapes is the only band that I write on bass, bass or, like, piano for melodies and stuff, but, yeah, I, I play much less guitar now, but it's still, like, I, I've, I've sort of, my writing focus has almost kind of shifted more towards piano. You just see things so differently and, and write different stuff.
0: See, I would imagine, like, every time you change an instrument, you're learning something that you can apply to another instrument. Totally. You know, and, in, you know, you talk about saxophone. Yep. Your breathing is part of the music it's like driving a stick yeah shift.
3: and that's something that I've had to learn uh, in writing stuff with Walter you know sometimes I'll write a line and I'm like oh well and this is a unison and he's kind of like okay well that octave jump is gonna be really hard in the middle of you know the sax is is an instrument that works really well with like linear sort of lines more so than like, you know, on a piano or a guitar, how it's really easy to do fifths or octaves or like these, these big jumps that aren't, they, they still fit in like your normal framework of like, you know, a, a bar chord or whatever, but on saxophone, that's, you know, that's, it's, it's a pretty demanding thing. So thinking of him in terms of his range, how high and low he can go on the instrument, plus breaths, like you said. And uh, steps in terms of like the interval uh, jumps, you know, that it's just it's just all these things you have to take in And of course when I write music out for him, he reads in tenor clef. So that's that's a little that's a whole other different game So it's fun though. It's fun. It's totally fun. You just have to think a little bit
0: And I mean with all these bands, I mean, where's the downtime and do you what do you do with
3: it? Um, I I, haven't, I always look forward to being home to uh, Get creative You know But I There was a time I, I think it might have been When we were finishing Writing The Great Misdirect I remember calling my mom And I was shot I was like I was totally spent And at that time You know Orbs was We, we had our Orbs record done I don't think we'd really Toured much but it was just something where, like, finishing up, <laughs> you know, of course, finishing writing Swim to the Moon, which was, like, 18 minutes long, I remember j- I, just being totally done. And uh, my mom was like, you need to have something. And um, I got really into running around that time. And running is, is a nice escape for me. Um, but really, it all just comes back to i am I'm just, if I'm home and I'm, not working on stuff, I think I feel lazy. I feel like I'm wasting time. All I all I do is I look at the calendar. And I'm like, oh, I got two weeks till I leave. I got a week and a half. I got a week. You know what I mean? And it's just like, and then you're gone for six weeks. I write minimal amounts on the road. Not really. It's hard. You know, you it's 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 impossible. If I do, it's on the little MIDI keyboard in my headphones. And um, you know, I I just I get off on on really being creative and. Working on stuff at home, you know? I don't know. I got
0: this theory about long-distance running that people who do it are trying to run away from something <laughs> That's that they can't run away
1: from.
3: Yeah, that, that could be. It, it just, it always, the days, especially that I don't run as opposed to when I do, I, I just, I feel so much better. You know, my My brain feels good. I feel like, like things are moving in my brain, you know, kind of like when you drink a coffee. You know, you drink a coffee and just start going you know and 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 I get that rush running as well but you know outside of that yeah you know it's it's it, I'm sure every musician would tell you there there's certain things that that you kind of struggle with you know like certain relationships like friendships or 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 whatever you know that you know when you're home and and you've been gone but you're in the zone at your computer writing and your friends call and they're like hey let's go see a movie and you're like i i, I can't like why but you're you're I'm, I'm, I'm 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 working on stuff. I'm 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 writing. Because that know, work
2: I, is not nine to five. Yeah. It's when the the muse hits you or what, it whatever. It is. Yeah. It's
3: tough. And you know when you're traveling so much, you know your friends don't really. You know I think they just kind of assume you're gone. You know when you're home, you really have to make it known. But I'm I'm a, I'm a pretty homebody when I'm home. I like I like doing stuff, but I, I just I love being home, like at my house. You know, like but the you records or
2: going around everywhere, meeting people constantly—like that interaction—is always there. Yeah, yeah, but, but
0: it's different.
2: Well, yeah, it's but, not your buds. But at the same yeah. time,
1: <laughs>
2: sometimes just cutting it off and ooh, sen- the sensory overload—you got to think. After yeah, a
3: while. No, it's it's very nice to shut it off. And we're kind of like that after shows. You know, we we don't often like just come out on stage and hang out and and talk with. I mean, you know, I, I come out every night and I pack up my stuff. You know, it just, it's just part of the process. Like, it's kind of like puts my mind at ease, but I still have like a little adrenaline, you know. And kids always want to talk, you know, talk to some kids. But, you know, you kind of, you get on with your night and some of the guys just, just won't be around. You know, they kind of get off stage and they go to the bus, they shower, and then they're out to get food or whatever. And, you know, I don't know if kids think that that's us, like... Just hating on them, but it's just kind of like I don't. I don't know. I, I think I think we're we're very we're pretty private people and we're shy. I wouldn't say Tommy might be a little shy around people, but um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I think I think we just like we like doing it for the hour and a half and then just not doing it. You like the sort of a little bit of separation, yeah? Because you, you know, on, when we walk off stage. Before we play an encore, it's just immediately like, oh, man, I can't wait to go get burritos or, you know, I wonder what the score of the basketball game is, you know. You're you're already kind of out of the world and then you're like, oh, are we going to go do this? You know, sometimes we're backstage for like two minutes before Blake's like, uh, guys, are we going to – and you're like, oh, y- yeah, 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 let's just, let's go play another – yeah, let's do it. I don't know. That's you know? surprising to me. I,
0: I would have figured you guys would have been – I don't know, much more like, uh, uh, like, hey, everybody, come join us backstage. Well, yeah, and, and with yeah. The, way, yeah. the way, and the way the between
2: the bear and Me fans kind of are, that that almost seems like an interaction that you would have to
3: nurture. Yeah. In, in a lot. We of ways. love them; they're great and they're very dedicated. But they they can be ten feet away. They can they can be pretty intense, you know. And I think I think anytime you have kind of more of like a musician based crowd, you know, you kind of find that. You know, we saw it with Dream Theater all the time. I mean get into they they would get to the hotel you know they'd be running or you know it's just it, it's it's intense man just kids camped out you know i mean that's that that's for them that's a more extreme thing they've been a band a lot longer and but i i really feel like it's more just because they're kind of in that like you know musician you know type band that's kind of put up on a pedestal for being a certain kind of musician that you know just shreds or whatever i don't know
1: <laughs> you know i i don't know i'm trying
3: to figure out <laughs> how to describe that well you
2: get obsessed about it I guess so. Yeah. yeah. What the fan does? Yeah. A little bit. I mean, well when you see somebody who does so especially like say if you're a buddy guitar player, a buddy bass player, you see somebody who you admire and Oh yeah. I'm a vocalist, so I mean, I I, I it's kind of hard to avoid that one. That one's always there. Right. Yeah. I was like, but when you see somebody who can play to the top of the game like that, they freak out a little bit.
3: Right. I think I think the unfortunate thing is is Kids always want to know what what the secret is, like what the what the trick is, and it's just I'm I'm still doing the same stuff I was doing when I was 16, you know, playing in my mom's basement after school. Like, it's, I don't know. I feel like nothing changed. Just, I don't just let us
0: know. The the secret is turning up the volume and then playing at double speed after you record it. Right? I guess <laughs> so. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> speed it up in the pr- exactly. production process. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. It's I I just always come back to just to I think the bass players especially, you know, when they ask, I'm just listen to a lot of different music, you know, like, yeah. or as a composer, you know, like, like the, the Indian classical music, you just, you find inspiration all over the place, you know. Yeah. It's just the the, the the weirdest thing, and the, the way your brain will log something, and it's way deep back there, until all of a sudden, Paul will play a lick, and you're like, that's it, that's, and then, and then, then we do this, and we do this, you know, and it just, it just comes and happens. It's
0: See, I would just figure that, like, my ego would... Love
3: people coming up and going, You're the
0: greatest ever, man. And I'll forgo any basketball game, uh, any food
3: for that. <laughs> and I don't think I'd ever get sick of it. Yeah. No, um, I think it's just kind of weird because you're kind of like, I'm just, I don't know. Like, I'm, stand- I know I'm, I'm, like I'm standing here with like my <laughs> dirty clothes and I'm just trying to get them in my bag so I can go take a shower and then. <laughs> I don't know, you know, I'm, Yeah, you're just kind of like, ah, I don't know, I'm just a guy trying to get food right now, you know, I don't know. Huh. I don't know. Man, your
0: fans just want to worship you.
3: I mean, they're awesome. We, we, <laughs> we're, we're so stoked. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, they're, they're great. I Have just, you ever
0: had, like, a bad experience, or is it just, like, sort of, like, you've never had, like, a really great experience, and therefore... No, we've, we've
3: had all kinds, I mean, and I think it depends on where you are. Like, when you're somewhere like Japan, you'll talk to anyone, You'll talk to anybody that that is around and excited, um, don't speak because English. <laughs> you know, or, or otherwise, just just because you know they don't get to see it all the time. It's a different thing, you know. I think in America, kids can kind of pick and choose when they want to see you. And they're like, oh, they were just here with Deaf Heaven or whatever, you know. We'll we'll see them next time, you know. And I remember like the the first time we went to Japan in like 2010, maybe. Um, kids were like, we've waited ten years to see you we've been waiting since your first record and thankfully we played a s- we weirdly enough we played a song from the first record um, I mean we, we we I don't think we'd drudge anything up off that album now but and, and it was just it was just like instant like s- kids stage diving and going nuts just like they would have 10 years ago you know when the band was more rooted in the hardcore sort of scene you know it was like oh my god this is this is great but at the same time you're like ah man but yeah these these people have been waiting and they still been listening and they've you know still been buying the records and that, that's so cool
0: But it's kind of a cool thing too like the way like You know that at any Like at this moment there are people all over the world Who are spinning your stuff you it's, know
3: It's weird I, I think the first time We like went to the UK You know and we were so far from home And I think that, that Really blew our minds you know the first time We saw people reacting to the music Singing along you know just like What is, is it that you think about Your music kind of got people right, right. from The get go I I really don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, you know, I, I joined the band after the Silent Circus, and I was a fan of the band, and I knew Tommy and Paul from their old band, Prayer for Cleansing. And I liked Prayer for Cleansing because they were just a little different. You know, we were all listening to hardcore bands, but we liked, you know, certain metal stuff, and then all of a sudden you heard a band that was kind of mixing the two, you know, and sort of like you know, a metalcore way. I, like, I don't know. I, 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 We we kind of, like, feel weird about that term, but, like, that's pretty much what they were doing at the time in, like, 1998, 99, and uh, so that just seemed a little different. You're kind of into that, and they were obviously great players for a hardcore band, and I guess that kind of, like, came over into Between the Bear to me, you know, and and it was just the way they were mixing genres on the first record or two, and
0: I don't know. Do you have any tattoos? No. Is there anything that like you're so passionate about that you would consider permanently affixing it to your body?
3: I don't know. Maybe the Cleveland Indians, but they're Isn't that such
0: a though. What would happen like after the Redskins lose their name? Oh no, I'd i get, get the in Washington.
3: Uh, I'd get this, <laughs> the 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 logo. They they've got this like I mean, I mean, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get a tattoo. It almost but looks like the Reds. I, 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 I'm, I'm at the gym. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm at the gym,
0: and like, they got the baseball games over, or finishing up, and it's Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And they're in Cleveland. Oh, no. I'm sorry. It's the Braves. I completely... Okay. All the, oh, they the, do the all chop. The, all the fans are doing the chop. And yeah. you know, all the little kids are doing the chop. And yeah. I'm like, ah, I feel bad about it. And then I'm looking, dude, there's two outs... In the ninth, and they're like four runs down. I mean, I know it's, Pick can choose your spots to be offensive. It's about. it's a it's a hard
3: thing, man. I, like I, I don't know, you know, I've I've been a, a Cleveland fan since I was six years old because I grew up in Pennsylvania, but like you know, just an hour or so west of Cleveland. So it's, it's hard. It's hard to comment on because for so many years you just didn't think about it. You know, you realize it's baseball, right? Yeah, <laughs> I love baseball. Yeah. Baseball's
2: awesome, man. Oh. See, I've been trying to talk this guy into baseball, and he won't do it.
3: Yeah, no, that's. Yeah, that's what I grew up with. I still listen to it on the radio. Like, yeah, everything. that's my
2: favorite way to listen to baseball.
3: Actually, I love it. Yeah, the it's the same announcer as when I was a kid. Like, I grew up with this guy. It's crazy. See, that's the
2: see, that's badass. You can do baseball for a hundred years, and that's why it's so good. <laughs> No? It takes a hundred years to play <laughs> baseball. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's, it's, it's not cricket. Cricket takes actually multiple days. It's, yeah. it's insane.
2: <laughs> See, I I don't even understand cricket. Like I, I I spent a little time trying to figure it out, and I still don't. I, I still don't, don't get it. Yeah, baseball with less bases. It.
3: When when they do when they show the highlights, it's kind of interesting. I mean, they they'll club the ball out of the park. It's mm-hmm. pretty. But that's true of all the sports. Yeah.
0: The only thing I'm really interested in are the highlights anyway. I know. We're talking about music, man. But it's like it's it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's everything. It's yeah. kind of yeah. funny because like there's anyway. so much about what BT Bam does that is against the norm in metal, right? Like, I have no tattoos.
3: Yeah, but no, you know, the, all, all the other guys except for I guess Blake, our drummer, doesn't have tattoos. But well, all the other you know guys what I mean?
0: It. It's like yeah. you guys like uh, you you defy it in so many different ways. Just your entire approach to the genre is very different and often almost. I would say almost confrontational to what like the rest of the roster of metal blade is doing.
3: I think it's just the way you think about the band. Like I, when I'm writing, I don't come at it from a metal perspective. And I think when I write my bass lines, I don't come at it from a metal perspective. And I think that's, what's kind of helped over the years, you know, um, it just is what it is. And then, you know, because it's us playing it, the five of us playing it, it ends up sounding like it does, you know, because we all have those different influences or whatever, you know. Or maybe just because I don't think of it as a metal band. You know, maybe Dusty does, and then those two things kind of converge and, you know.
0: Do you think there'll be a time where, like, the metal almost completely falls away from what you guys are doing?
3: I don't know. I mean, I would say, you know, that it's so early to comment on and because it's only material that I had written. But a lot of this, the, the place where I'm at is more... Um, I don't know. I've I've been listening to stuff like, you know, Quadrophenia by the Who a lot. Just just like bigger kind of like like we we, we love the concept format and that whole thematic thing. It, it it's so it's so great. It's so cool and and it's more uh, epic. It's got it's just yeah the the broader. yeah man. I I don't I don't know. I'm I'm very taken back by the by the idea of writing like a, a real like, you know. Progressive rock, metal, opera, sort of thing, and I think that that's that's the next thing where we're, it's 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 getting there, you know. That would be we got sweet. we got the ideas.
2: Yeah, that'd be sweet. What, what would the storyline be?
3: I'm it's not sure. Tommy said he's got some ideas. It, again, like it's so early. It's mm-hmm. so early. Dude, you know, that we haven't even talked.
0: A Vegas residency. You build the entire theater <laughs> to go along with. Yeah.
3: Oh. That would be cool. Yeah. You could do it. Let the fans come to you. I know. You can hide from them in Vegas. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and we can just get off stage and take the hotel or the the elevator up to our room. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well,
2: cool man. This We're going to awesome. taking up a ton of your time already, man. We appreciate ah, it. Okay. Yeah, right that's okay. Yeah, missing sound
3: check right now, but it's kind of nice cuz <laughs> it's really hot outside, so I'd rather be in here than on stage. <laughs>
2: it's <laughs> damn hot outside. It
3: man. gets We played on this stage back in the fall. And I remember my base just just sweating, just condensation just just dripping off of it. And that was in the fall, man. It was mm. probably like October. Like I'm sure it's gonna be so hot tonight, but ah, I'll only be up there for two hours, right? It'll be okay. It's <laughs> yeah. not too bad. Again, the construction workers are yeah. probably yeah. You know?
2: <laughs> I'm out here in the middle of the day, you know. So let's see, new Between the Bear and Me comes out in in what August, right? No. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we'll start writing in the fall and start writing in the fall. I bet, I bet,
3: I bet, we'll be recording like next spring or a little earlier, and then you know, it, why well, does probably it take so yeah. long for bands to do that? To what? To, to, to
0: like, well, you know, it's like it used to be that like bands would put out two albums a year. Now I know that they were playing three chords, but
3: yeah, I don't know. Maybe they toured less. I mean, you know, that's this how we make a living. It's how we make money. You know, we don't. That's why I
0: would think that you guys would be like. As soon as the songs are recorded, we're in the studio, you know, like, well, and get people, it out by Christmas.
3: I mean, a lot of we, people
2: were speculating about you guys about the next thing up is going to be an album. And then, boom, here's the tour that you're doing. Now. Yeah,
3: we were we were planning after that Death Heaven tour to take off through the summer and then start in the fall. And this the, the Mashuga tour offer came in like, um, yeah, it, it was it really wasn't long. Like, you know, it's only like 11 shows or something with them. Hour-long set, like like it just didn't seem that 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 crazy, that bad. So um, we were like, "Well, yeah, we'll we'll do that, of course." And then um, it just kind of set offset things a little bit. You know, we still we're still taking the rest of the summer off, and just it's just, it's just important, you know. It's like you got to let the parallax stuff just get out of your system, you know, before you can move on and, and get on to the next thing. And so. You know, drudging it up, it all up one more time, you know, on this tour. And it's, you know, we're kind of playing stuff from, I guess, really only that record, Colors and the Great Misdirect, on this tour, but it's just because we don't have that much time, you know?
2: Kick ass. And then New Tree Escapes. What's the name of the new record?
3: Oh, it's called Digital Dream Sequence. Yeah. I was like,
2: I know, I read it on Facebook. Yeah, and that,
3: that, we, we turned the masters in a few days ago, and that'll be out in September. Awesome. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, between the buried we will be writing, but I'm definitely gonna find a way to, to get on the road with with Trioscapes and promote that a bit. Yeah. Well,
2: Dan, thank you for taking the time out. We appreciate, of course, it, appreciate it. Thank thank you. it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Version of Escape is a song from Monuments on the Metal Sooks podcast. Damn, that's good. It's good. That is really, really good. I mean, I was I was talking about it on my on my radio radio show and and what I, I love the gent stuff. Uh-huh. I think it's really interesting and it's a really cool thing that's going on. But I the instrumental stuff, the Animals as Leaders and the Peripheries and those things. Like, well, Peripheries is not instrumental, but 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 those um, those bands very good. They're just missing something. Like, there's just something that's missing a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a vocalist. And well, well, that. But also, like, <laughs> in, in Periphery's case, it's a lot of you know pretty vocals and there's pretty vocals in that but then he gets that he gets that scream in there and that's what i want i want a little bit heavier a little bit
0: more i I guess to me it's it's a little more beef it just sounded yeah sort of the same thing but i don't know if it's necessarily the 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 the, the growl necessarily that makes a difference it just it sounds like they're really believing what it is that they're singing you know that's what it is
2: but see i think really believing it has to do with you know the growl yeah personally in my humble opinion but I don't know that's a, that's good stuff so I can't I would tell you the name of the album but I can't even it's the Amanana Noises or something that's got like uh yeah too many too many like vowels in there or too many uh, like most
0: gents. yeah i'm like damn it i
2: can't i can't say all those together man <laughs> uh this edition of the metal Six podcast is brought to you in partnership with converse whose new black sabbath sneakers are available now visit com slash black sabbath to get yours those are uh, pretty sweet sneakers man i don't except with those those sneakers i just don't know what if i buy them i don't want to wear them because they're so kick-ass right, right like i i they had some special ones for uh you see them for all kinds of different stuff and,
0: and man i just don't want to wear them yeah but dude you, i'm looking around your studio you got lots of stuff that's still in the box it's awesome just showing off that you know it's yeah that's true you know it's kind of cool that way give my black sabbath sneakers
2: wearing the black sabbath <laughs> show my black sabbath shirt and be good to go. Yeah, be awesome. Yeah, uh, good times.
1: When, when
0: are they going to have the Gore sneakers? I mean, that'd be Gore sneakers. You wear those to the Gore show. Actually, you know what would be cool is if they're Gore sneakers they'd be white and squirt blood. Yeah,
1: yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> squirt, 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 squirt,
0: squirt. <laughs> every time you every time you walk, that'd be kind of cool. was well, like when Slayer put out uh, 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 Seasons in the Abyss. They sent out uh, the 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 radio single in a blood pack. Oh, nice. You know, which was cool. Nice. Except in mine, it's all dried up now.
2: But, when I had the Secular Haze from uh, from Ghost, they sent out a uh, little communion. Wine, uh little things with uh-huh. it uh, communion waivers so i was like oh all right all right yeah okay, <laughs> there you go good, good good times i like i like that radio kitsch stuff man so that's <laughs> kind of fun it's a, how do you get the attention of programmers you know right yeah Mm-mm-mm-mm, good times i'll do it it's how you make money Oh wait or not make money that was what we were going to talk about in our last segment about testament because uh there's <laughs> nobody can shut up about
0: testament can they What's what is it with bass players and not making enough money? So it was it was Greg Christian, right? The the yeah. most recent guy, and then there was another dude you said?
2: Oh, no,
1: I was,
0: um, or is it just his, his no i think I'm, i think i'm tying two things okay. together
2: in my head I right think, i think i'm tying together at the adam deuce thing from machine head in my head right right because he was pissed because he didn't make any money <laughs> dude either. i
0: totally hope that when uh rob sends the checks to adam deuce that he does it just like steve martin did in the jerk where it's like a whole bunch of checks for one
2: dollar one dollar twenty five cents yeah
1: that would be so great.
0: Mrs.
2: Nussbaum, $1.25. <laughs> Them through yeah, $6.66. I'm,
0: $6. <laughs> and I'm taking this off. remote control. <laughs> one by one. That would be so hilarious. And this chair? This chair is mine, too. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I mean, it, it got so bad, apparently, for uh, Greg Christian that he actually posted on his Facebook a copy of his W-2 statement. His earnings statement, and I was like, "There's no way this could be. What really is he really doing that? He, yeah, he posted a picture of his statement up so that everybody could see that he only made thirty-seven thousand uh, dollars gross.
0: Yeah, but Testament last year. didn't do anything last year,
2: did they? Yeah, that's what I was trying to think. I was like, did, they-, mean,
0: did they tour six months out of the year? Maybe
2: didn't maybe. they? do? Yeah, exactly. I, I maybe don't, I don't remember. I can't. I'm not like putting it together because I, I, I don't I, think I, I saw Testament last year.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, it's sort of like, well, dude, maybe they only toured four or six months out of the year. Thirty-seven k for four months out of the year it's not not a bad living
2: hey man twenty five thousand dollars for a bass player bro come on man that, that's <laughs> yeah, that's gear by itself man
0: but uh, i guess what i'm saying is that like you, you're getting paid six figures as a musician that's what it basically comes down to Wait, if you're what? getting if you're getting 37k in four months or five months you do the math. Oh, oh okay. You're, you're, you're making six it. figures for I was like, how, how, Wait, I was like, how do you add that up? Six but, figures, there's only five there.
2: I, I know there is, but I mean, what you got to do is you got to, you know, be in extrapolate like... Extrapolate that from exactly. whatever, you know, then your clinics or whatever you exactly. can do. Exactly.
0: You can't Partly expect... that into whatever. If yeah. you're just an employee, you can't expect Testament to be paying you while you're sitting on your butt, waiting around for whatever's going to happen. Next. Well, unless you are part of
2: like actual, you're getting stuff from the records. You're getting stuff. You're getting royalties. You're getting points off of the merch and everything else. So, I mean, if you're a hired gun, that's a lot of the stuff that you're going to miss out on. You're, you're not going to get any of that. stuff.
0: I'm impressed that he got a W two. I know it sounds like a money nerd to me, but I thought he'd be ten ninety nine at best. Ten ninety nine is you're an independent contractor. W two is you're an employee of Testament Inc right and and if you're an employee then you know you've got like uh uh you know if you get fired you get you got a uh, right to uh, unemployment. He has, uh health insurance yeah health insurance <laughs> might be included you know all sorts of crap like that <laughs> what's the testament 401k plan look like <laughs> yeah, totally. i don't know let's yeah, see yeah, check what out that with w2 i want watch. to really analyze yeah, let, me, that let
2: me look at his w2 and see what he got okay he withheld tax for social yeah, security maybe he,
0: maybe he only made 37k okay, but maybe yeah, 10k yeah. went into a health savings account oh. and he doesn't even realize
2: i don't it. see anything in a roth ira here so yeah. we're probably doing a, no no okay okay i oh, state income tax that always rapes you that's, that's terrible right there <laughs> yeah uh, dude
0: move out of california yeah,
2: first off you, you move you move to texas you don't have to worry about the state income tax totally. that'll help you that will get you another three thousand right there bro. i guess
0: i'm saying that like all right so he had this really great anecdote about how he was making what like 250 bucks a gig or something like that yeah. and then uh uh you know he's struggling. He's not even getting a uh, 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 what do they call it a per diem, right? Mm. And then and then here comes uh, Chuck Billy and he's like, hey man, I just upgraded first class for the tri- trip back. And like, how much is that? It's like three thousand bucks. And you're like, ah, oh, dude, I only make two hundred fifty
2: dollars. Well, I'm looking for the quote here because, um, what did he say? It, it just feels like he's, or from what it reads like, it, looks, it reads like he's just kind of butthurt about the whole yeah. situation. And it's like, well,
0: I don't, I, I, I don't know. But I, he, I don't, I don't read anything in there where he goes. And so I go to the guy's in testament and I said, look, hey, I'd like more money and I'd like a per diem, and can we talk about it? He doesn't include that. He just quit. Let's see, yeah. So are you expecting that the guys in Testament are going to pay you like like as much as they possibly can? No, they're going to pay you as little as they possibly can, and it's up to you to demand and value yourself whatever you think you, your value
2: is. Okay, so from his Facebook page, quote, I believe it's personal, directed solely at me, and I think there's a high likelihood that it's a direct result of words I spoke back in 96, though not very tactful, I wasn't exactly wrong about And to push a pretty or push a petty grudge like that, uh, that to this point is something that I just can't understand. I would never do that to someone I hated, but to do that to someone you spent twenty years on the road with and helped you get where you are, in my humble opinion, for what it's worth, that leaves me speechless. I just don't understand. Uh, So I I don't. I still don't don't, know what what his grievance is here. You know, it's like I mean, unless unless the guys are like making. Uh, an inordinate amount of money outside, like, so much more. Well, that's more. what he's suggesting. Is and that's that they kind of what be. he's making, yeah. is that is he's saying that everybody else is making a shit ton more money than so
0: he So you is. tell him, look, I want more money or I'm going. And that's... And you pull a Lombardo. Peace! Yeah, exactly. Later,
1: boom, drop yeah. the mic
0: and walk away, you know? Yeah. I mean, the, the Lombardo thing, I, I don't think that Lombardo made the right decision, and I think that a lot of what... His position is a lot of the result of his choices in the past, and perhaps True. somewhat same thing here with Could Mr. Be. Christian. You know, yeah. it's sort of like, well, dude, you riled the band twenty years ago. You come back, you you can't expect that you're going to pick up where you left off. Yeah, yeah, no, and that makes total sense. You've given them the upper hand. You know, Peter Chris, dude, you gave Kiss the upper hand because you sold your image on your face. You know the way the yeah. makeup is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gave that up, and therefore. Uh, you
2: got you get no recourse. Yeah. You get
0: no way back. And the it. fact is is they can throw somebody else back there with that same face on who probably pay, plays the drums fifteen better times better than you can, and trust me they have. Because they're thirteen. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and 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 then, you know, you need the money. They don't need you. That's boom. You're and, done. And done. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> and so sort of that's the same same thing with Testament. Mm. You know what? Chuck Billy needs first class on his tri- trip back from Tokyo or whatever, more than he needs somebody playing bass. He probably does. Yeah, now, I'm not yeah. suggesting that, you know, you pick up a different instrument or something. I'm just suggesting that...
2: You need to, <laughs> to go... You need, you need to stay... You you've got to be your own advocate. I mean, if yes. you're going to do it, you've got to be your own advocate. You've got to be able to stand up for yourself and then and, and walk away in cases where you don't... You know, And not get butthurt about it. It's business. It's it's part of the deal. Yep. If you ask your boss for a raise and he says no, then you have to be able to go, okay, well, I've got to go find another job yep somewhere else and that happens in the corporate world every single day and if it doesn't then you can't sit there and bitch about your job yep my life sucks oh everything's terrible uh, you need to do something about it yep and, and that's it
0: well look at the, the we've been talking about tesseract look at uh uh, uh what was the uh guy from tesseract that we interviewed um uh, oh moss moss yeah dude he's only the bassist yeah. but you know what he writes all that stuff yeah so it's not like they could get rid of moss easily
2: yeah, he's formed himself into exactly yeah, whatever that role is. So but, you know, well, but I mean, in a band like that, you've you've everybody's got their role that they that they that they seat, and in in a lot of bands, especially thrash metal or whatever, I guess you know, the, that's the tertiary. That's on the side, the bass player. Pfft. Put, put two more guitars in there will be okay yeah
0: oh totally or or, or you know just you got to be able to write the next practice what you preach yeah and if you can't do it and chuck can chuck doesn't need you uh, it hurts but it's, it's the truth yeah,
2: yeah indeed indeed
0: it's a tough position you know what the, nobody learns how to play bass because nobody wants to be stuck in the same position greg christian is right now but you know what the advantage of greg christian is is that he's got like like, like, he could be worse. He could be the guitarist. You know what I mean? There's a billion and one guitarists, and they could all play better than you can. You know, bass, nobody's playing the bass because they don't want to invest in the equipment. You got the equipment. There's another <laughs> band out there that'll hire you. You might not make 37K for five months' worth of work, but you know you're uh, gonna yeah yeah you know it'll, it'll, you can p- it'll be a job you can put yeah it'll be a job and yeah. you know what that's what that that's what that rule is with uh, testament well it and, was a job
2: yeah and also you know parlaying that into something else you know you've got to use that time yes. that you're not on the road doing something else and figuring out whatever that other role is whether it's clinics whether it's uh you know Selling bases or what you know, whatever it is, you've got to figure something out. And
0: know? do what Adam Deuce did: keep your mouth shut, wait until they say something bad about you, and then you sue them and settle. Yeah, They're, boom, done. You mm-hmm. know,
2: and life is good, and yeah. you
0: can just kind of sit back and relax. And for you rest. cash a bunch of checks for six dollars and sixty six cents. <laughs>
2: <laughs> $1.25 <laughs> Mrs. News
1: Alright
2: we're gonna wrap this thing up man Thanks to uh, Dan Briggs for being our guest this week Much appreciated Next week I have no idea He who we're won't talk to, talk to his fans but he'll talk to, talk to us. us That's right <laughs> Damn straight man uh, And uh, let's see Make sure that you uh, follow us on or subscribe to us on iTunes uh, Just look for Metal Sucks Podcast You'll find us uh, You can find us on Twitter I'm at Bearded Ape I'm at Godless Speaks And, and on Spotify And make sure that you listen to us every 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 single Monday at MetalSucks.net, we are the Metal
1: Sucks podcast.